welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Um, so we're in First John chapter 2, and uh, I would love it if you might uh, stand and join me as we read uh, God's Word from chapter 2, verse 12 to 14 of First John. It says this, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Pray with me if you would. God, we ask that as we open up your word, that um, you might present yourself to us in a fresh way. God, that this morning, uh, as we gather around um, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, which is the center of this community, I pray that um, your words, which you have revealed to us, would become new and fresh, that you might speak um, something that we need to hear this morning. We pray in your name, by the power of your spirit. Amen. You can have a seat if you would. So we're in uh, like week eight or so of a series on First John, and uh, we decided we'd pick a, a book of the Bible and just kind of walk our way through it. And so that's where we are. When we came to this text, um, I'll be honest, you know, as I read it, it's, uh, it's a little cryptic. It's a little odd, right? He says, children, fathers, young men, children, fathers, young men, and kind of says the same thing over and over again, uh, or, or at least tweaks it in a, in, a, in a few different ways. And we thought, you know, what, are, what, uh, what could we do with this? And uh, which leads us to what we're going to do today, which I'm really, really excited about. And I just want to give a short preface, shorter than I did at 9 o'clock, um, because I went way longer than I should have. I do that often, so I'm going to stick to my script here, stick to my script. Um, but I want to just give a short, uh, a brief preface before uh, I've asked six different people to come and share uh, a little bit this morning um, from this text and, and really more from their hearts to you. So this is entitled, From Awaken for Awaken. Um, when, we read a, when we read a passage of the Bible like this, there's a couple of different questions that I think we can ask that uh, might lead us down different tracks. Those might be, what does the text say? Uh, what's the author doing? And then lastly, where is this text headed? So a couple of uh, examples of why this is important. And when you ask the question, where, what does the text actually say? Uh, example, there's a passage in John chapter 9. There's a blind guy that's, that's uh, he's born blind and then Jesus heals him. And the text says, as you read it, and I'm guessing most of your translations say this, it says that this man was born blind so that God's will might be fulfilled or God's glory might be shown or something to that effect. And as I read that, I was like, man, I have a, I just really struggle with that. And I mean, there's lots of passages in scripture that I struggle with that, you know, that's fine. That's, they are what they are and you just have to struggle with them. But I thought, is that really what's going on here? And so the, the more I dug, there's this Greek little, there's this clause in Greek, and, and it's pretty technical, I'll give you that, but I had some friends, you know, including Mr. Stewart, who helped me on this one, um, and, and really said, is that really what's being said? So that, like cause and effect, right? This guy was born blind, so that God's glory might be revealed. And, and there's a there's actually a different way to read that that I think is more faithful to the text. And it's not necessarily so that, but it's like this guy was born blind and then there's this kind of like pregnant pause and God's glory will be shown through it. So it's not necessarily a cause and effect. So what does the text say in that instance matters a great deal, 
right? There's another phrase in, in, uh, in the New Testament that's, um, you know, lots of people on this side of it, lots of people on this side, and it has to do with the faithfulness of, faithfulness of Christ or faith in Christ. Romans chapter 3, Galatians chapter 2 talk about this, and how you read that particular Greek word or words, do you read it the faithfulness of Christ, or do you read it the faith in our faith in Christ. And how you read that, of course, makes all the difference in the world, right? And on the one hand, you're talking about what God has done and, and, and regardless of, of you or your faith, but it's the faithfulness of Jesus. Or if you read it this way, it's about the faith that you profess in Christ. So how you read that, what the text actually says matters a great deal. Um, as we got into this particular text in 1 John, it was less about what the text actually said uh, and more about questions two and three. What's the author doing and where is this thing headed? Um, an example of when it's important of where, what the author is doing, last week we talked about Matthew chapter 27. And in this particular version of Matthew's gospel, he has this narrative going along, and then there's like this blip where there's an earthquake and a bunch of people are, are resurrected, and then he kind of goes back to what he was saying. And so in that case, asking the question, what is Matthew doing by saying that is the right question to ask? because Matthew's audience is Jewish. There's all kinds of things that we talked about related to that that matter a great deal when you ask the question, what's Matthew trying to do by saying that there instead of leaving it out or instead of putting it elsewhere? Um, another example is Ephesians. The whole book of Ephesians, if you read Paul and then uh, you read Ephesians, Ephesians seems really weird. It seems bizarre. It seems out of character for Paul because what Paul's doing is he's engaging the mystery religions of the ancient Near East where he was writing to in Ephesus. So by asking the question, what's Paul doing with this text? You get some pretty juicy little answers, I think. So what's, what's, what's the author doing? And then lastly, where's the text headed? Um, the book of Acts, for example. If you read the book of Acts, the whole narrative is about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit playing this new role in God's community and God's people. So over and over and over again, you see that the, the apostles are like late to the scene. They're the last ones to arrive and they've come to find out that the Holy Spirit's already there and already doing something, right? Like we can't, the, the Gentiles can't be a part of this. And then they're like, well, the Spirit's here. They're speaking in tongues. Like who are we to say? The Spirit's already here. So where is it headed? The whole narrative of Acts is about what the Spirit of God is doing in this new identity of God's people. Now, as we ask these questions of this text, what is John doing when he says verses 12 to 14? Some, some argue that this text actually isn't a part of John's original letter, that it was something l l added later, um, which isn't out of the question. Mark chapter 16 is the same kind of an idea. But I think this is John. What's he doing? Remember, John's a pastor. He's, written, he's writing to a group of people for whom uh, these are most likely churches that he's planted. And so for them... These are people who are like in the trenches. These are people who are doing the hard work of starting new Jesus communities in their context and in their culture. And I don't know about you, but for me, I was told two things as, as far as church planting. One, this will be the hardest thing, or this will be the most rewarding thing you'll ever do, which it has been to date. And this, is, this will be the hardest thing you'll ever do. And I, I would hands down agree. So as I look at this text and I see, you know, my, in my mind's eye, these people who are receiving this text, what's John doing? I think John is saying, let me encourage you. Let me remind you of what is true about you, right? You, um, fathers, you have known him who is from the beginning. Like, you are connected to, this, to the logos, the source, Jesus, 
You, you have known him to the young men. You, you have overcome the evil one. So it's this idea of John saying, let me remind you of what's true about you. Amidst the, amidst the, the difficulties and the opposition that you might face, can I just encourage you for a moment and remind you of what's true about you, what's true about this community, what's true about Jesus, and what's true about being in relationship with him. So as John writes, I think his primary concern in this passage is about encouraging the people that he's with, encouraging the people that he's, he's writing to, the, the churches that he's planted. And where is this text headed? Now, if you read this, you can, you can, um, it doesn't take very long to notice. Does anybody notice what's missing in this text? Thank you, women. Yes, women. There is no mention of women in this text. It's to the children, which is, you know, uh, gender neutral, so to speak, but then fathers and young men. So all the sisters from different misters in the room, did anybody kind of read and go, hey, what in the world's up with that? Like, why not anything for the ladies among us? couple different things you can do at this point. Number one, you can go to the first question, what does the text say, right? Often Paul talks about uh, women's role in church, and in the text, we have to be honest there, in the text it says that women have particular roles in the church and they shouldn't uh, teach over men and they should wear head coverings and this, that, and the other. They should be quiet during the gatherings. Obviously, if you've been around awake and long enough, you, you know that that's not how we read that text, we want to go back to another text, Galatians 3.28, and say, where, does it, where is it headed? So if Jesus does something on the cross and it changes the way God's people work, what does that have to say about how the church will, will act and live into history, into the future? Because remember, right, Jesus is here, the cross is here, Paul speaks here, but is, is, is it possible that Galatians 3.28 is the trajectory, which of course says, there is nor f- there's neither free nor slave, Greek nor G- Jew nor Greek, Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, right? That, that there is, there is a, a um, what's the word, an equality, and, and the Spirit of God gifts the, the church equally to do and be the church that God's asking us to be. So if we ask where is it headed, then we can look at the, the other passages that Paul, that doesn't line up with Galatians 3.28, and say, what's going on here? Well, I would argue that Paul is speaking contextually into a particular context and culture that is highly patriarchal, dominated by males, and, and the Middle East, right? I mean, if we think about the Middle East now, go back 2,000 years. So what's Paul doing? He's taking it a click further. He's on the trajectory, right? The cross does something, and we could get into the details of that text and unpack it, and you begin to see, like, this is actually pretty amazing what Paul's doing in that time and context, but is that where it stops? I would submit to you as a, as a, as a, a person who studies the Bible, no, that the trajectory goes further than that, that the cross wants to do more than, that, than what Paul does. So you look at this text and it says there's no mention of women. So what do we do with that? This morning, what we're going to do with that is we're going to kind of reinterpret it. We're going to ask the question, what's, what's John doing and where's he headed? And I think John is encouraging his, his, his friends, his church members, uh, and where he's headed is, uh, if John were, or maybe I could ask it in a different way, if John were here this morning, would he say the same thing or would he add to it? Would he include women? Would he ask the mothers among us and the, the, um, the young women among us to speak to this community? I think he would do that. I absolutely do with, with everything I am. So what we're going to do this morning, uh, I have asked six different people um, when we came to this text and thought, what's John really doing here? And it's about encouraging this community. Um, I asked those six people if they would be interested to write something. So this is called From Awaken, For Awaken. So what you're going to hear this morning is the hearts of people who are a part of Awaken, and you're going to hear their heart for Awaken. You're going to hear their heart for you. 
and their hopes and their dreams and their prayers for you. They're going to reflect on things that they've experienced thus far and hopefully give us an encouragement as we look to the future of what this community is about and who we are. Um, I am so excited for you guys to to participate in this and to hear this. Um, And here's what I want to ask of you as they come. Um, There'll be six of them, and I won't really say anything in between. Um, But I'm going to ask you, I've been praying this morning, uh, about this morning, and my prayer has been, Holy Spirit, would you have one thing for everybody here today? So it may be one word, it may be a phrase, it may be a sentence, it may be a thought, but I want to I prime your mind and your heart to be asking that question. God, what do you have for me this morning? And is there something, because these aren't necessarily woven together and intricately connected, because there's six different stories, um, but I believe, uh, I'm, I'm convinced that God has something for each of us if we're here to hear it. Um, so I'm going to just give uh, you a moment of silence and just let you pray that prayer in whatever way you want to do that, whatever words you would use, and then I'll ask a blessing, and then Lane will come, and he'll, he'll start, and then we'll, um, and that's the sermon. So, And I thought about writing something as a closing, and then I was like, I'm not going to do it, because this is what God's got for us this morning. Um, so maybe just a moment of silence, and then I'll offer a blessing. God, this road of um, being new and doing something new and stepping out in faith um, comes with so much. And so this morning I ask that um, as these who have come to share um, bring what they've prepared, God, I ask that it would be something for us, that it would be um, an encouragement to each of us, that you would um, embody the words that are spoken and that these might be messages that our hearts are longing and craving to hear. Um, So I bless them, I'm grateful for them, and I pray that you would um, take up their words, God, and make them yours. It's me again. Um, so as, as I was looking at this text, um, I'm trying to figure out what I was going to say. Um, I, I had to, to hold what I usually do because I usually push when I, when I write and speak, I push people. And so in this, um, I really wanted to have a different voice, um, a voice of encouragement and what, what John is really doing in this, um, in this passage. But I'm taking a class from Paul or on Paul right now. And, uh, not from Paul. That would be crazy. Um, so on Paul. And so every time I tried to write it, I sounded like Paul. And I rewrote it over and over again, trying to sound like like I had I was mixing my voice with John's, but it wasn't working. So um, I just went with it, and I pulled a th- few things from, from Paul's epistles and um, took some creative liberty with them. Uh, so ask for your grace in that um, and, and to hear it. And um, I strongly believe that this is what um, what God has for us um, now in 2012. Uh, so here we go. To the saints of Awaken at Joke Joint Comedy Club, peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. May you continue to abide in the love of God, to know the vastness of divine mercy and the depth of your salvation. To the mothers of Awaken, I say thank you. May you stand before us and lend us your strength. To the fathers of Awaken, I say remain in love. Have love for yourself that you may love your children. To the wives of of Awaken, I say rise up. Love your husbands as Christ loved the church. Know that you have strength and beauty. May your identity shine forth in the glory of God. To the husbands of Awaken, I say take off your armor. Be still and know that Christ is Lord. Submit to your wives and do as they ask. May you be transformed in the love of Christ. To the single women of Awaken, hold strong. May you be in Christ as Christ is in you. Know your value and your beauty, and never settle for less than the abundant life before you. To the single men of Awaken, the few, the proud, the strong, live life 
full of the spirit, be vulnerable and full of zest. And to the beautiful and smiling children of Awaken, and this is where you all need to pass this on, thank you for the joy you bring to us. May you continue to teach us how to enter God's kingdom. May you grow in wisdom, but stay young in spirit. Hey, family. Um, <clears throat> my name is Joseph. Uh, my lovely wife, Misha, sitting up there looking at me. Um, so yeah, uh, I have some things I wrote um, thinking about this verse, but also thinking about um, like dreams that you know I've talked to God about, like for Awaken, and what that looks like um, in a corporate setting. And bear with me, some of the stuff's like kind of. I mean, the stuff I write is is stuff that I've been chewing on for probably all my life. But um, and it's kind of I'll just I'll just start reading. <laughs> By understanding in the power of His name, we see clearly our own hearts perfected. Because of a desire to know his thoughts and see what he can see. Before time and before creation, you have been on his mind, cherished and still when you came into human history. We are a friend of the Holy Spirit, a friend of the Father and of Jesus Christ. So that place inside of us becomes the walking reality of the kingdom and the peace of heaven that um, transcends our perspective. Um, so that's kind of stuff, I don't know, there's things inside of there, like being a friend of God, you know. That's been a principle and a question for my life that I keep going back to and I stick with. It's like, what does it mean to be a friend of God? What does it mean to sit with him and experience his presence and to ask the questions that he's asking right now? Um, and I think I have another translation kind of with that more for Awaken that I wrote too, is that I see that there's a willingness uh, in your hearts so that he will share with you the mystery of his. And in the stillness um, of thought, a place inside of us becomes a walking reality of the kingdom and the peace of heaven transcending perspectives. So our rest is the knowledge of his name, removed from the boundaries of time, and there we have overcome limitations to dream. Um, and I think, I don't know, like throwing stuff out there, like dreaming about awakening. You know, I, I know God is definitely doing something here to to teach us how to worship um and how to experience him um honestly and in this raw place um that we've come together to make a community here and it's for me the dreams of awakening i have is like you know it's awesome to see um the art world coming in to the church and i don't think it's that raw i've never seen it that raw i don't think in a church setting before where you have these like just honest conversations about you know what is it like to be an artist in the art world and I mean, I'm, I'm a photographer myself, and, and I experience that every day. And like a dream of mine would be like, you know, what would it be like for Awaken to open like an art gallery? Or what would, it, what would it be like for for people to experience, you know, God in a photograph? What does that look like? You know, so these are like questions that um, I ask myself, and I ask myself when I come here. And I just want to encourage you guys um, to dream um, in this place. Good morning, Awaken. I am very glad to be standing, literally, before you today. <laughs> For some of you who don't know, I've been on a journey of about seven weeks of healing after breaking my foot, so um, movement is, is a real gift. And um, my name is Joan. I have been part of this community since it was a glimmer and a dream, literally. 
And um, as Micah asked me to reflect on the First John passage, I read it through, and then I just sat with it for several days. And I found myself being drawn to a passage in Hebrews that is one of my favorites and very close to my heart. And so I wanted to begin my word to you by reading that, and then I will share more of the personal 2012 words that I wanted to, to give you. A call to persevere. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his blood. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we do profess, for he who had promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some in the hab as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as we see the day approaching. I write this as a woman to the men and women of this community. Dear children of Awaken, may you frolic in the love of our God with the simple and profound faith of childhood, because Jesus invites you into his warm embrace to learn his truth and experience his life-giving ways. Dear youth of Awaken, may you develop the awareness and confidence of who you, who you are as you experiment with relationships and interests because you are a delightfully unique and beloved creation of our God. Dear young adults of Awaken, may you explore, examine, question, doubt, wrestle with the faith of your forefathers because the Spirit promises to meet you where you are at when you seek him with a sincere and open heart. Dear adults of Awaken, may you prioritize moments of reflection in the midst of your full and productive days because God longs to join you in these still spaces of your life to bring wholeness and balance as he expands your experience of him and of yourself. And dear older adults of Awaken, I can say that because I'm part of that group, <laughs> may you not lose sight of the passion, but rather live out your days in wisdom and hopeful anticipation because Jesus is inviting you to experience the kingdom in this present moment and in the age to come. I'm Ben, and uh, I'm going to share a song with you that I wrote. It's called Young Shepherd. I was trying to imagine uh, just what to share in terms of a song, and I feel like this one is, is one I've written that has a spirit of encouragement with it. And we've got some little sheep here, too, which is, that's kind of appropriate. Young Shepherd, little, little sheep. Anyway, keep going. But uh, I... Uh, it's a story song. It's about a shepherd who uh, basically takes over his father's flock, and uh, they give him a knife and a, a coat, and he goes out there, and you know, there's wolves, and it gets cold, and he experiences a lot of trials. And um, it's about it's about the journey. It's about the things that you feel called to do, and it's about uh, encountering all the stuff you got to go through with that. And there's a refrain in the song that says, there's so many sun sons still to come. Uh, as the sun comes up, it's a, it's a new future. It's a new morning. It's it continues on, and continue on. That's the encouragement. I wrote this for a, a, a young pastor friend of mine, not Micah, although we are friends. 
but uh, I, I wrote it for another another dude, and uh, I, I had just talked with him, and he was just overwhelmed, um, kind of with what what he was trying to do in his life at the moment. I journaled in in my journal. Uh, young Shepherd, you have so much to learn. Not so much in a condescending way, but but in a in an empathetic way. Just you know, feeling feeling uh, where he was at, and so this this was a song for him. So I hope it encourages you as well. His hand on his shoulder, heavy and long. Go down and keep my fold. Father gave his blade, motherly sheepskin coat she made. His feet started down the road. Never to come home.
those mountains and you'll be more Don't feel me feet, some will die and some will be born We keep walking on Arms may guard and a staff may guide But in the violent night you may give up your Like a wolf chasing sheep oh, 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 Under the shadowy hill Yeah, you sleep in the valley low Where the whisper river flows The eyes of the moon look to see husband and dad here at Awaken. Um, I did not write a song, but uh, I, when when Micah, or I got the, the note from Micah, I also don't know that I fully digested that I'd be delivering this twice, but um, anyways, w- as I was kind of dwelling on the first John passage, um, I, I think where I was coming to was, was we're, we're all on a spiritual journey, and being a dad, I think I recognized that you kind of relearn things. You kind of start over. You go back to things that you maybe thought you had already experienced, and, and they're very new again. So these are the words that I jotted down. For those of us who have just met Jesus or are maybe, maybe meeting Jesus in a new way and are soaking up the introduction, the hope found in the power of his resurrection is for you. For those growing in their knowledge of who Jesus is and developing a trust in him, The wisdom of God's word is for you. For those expressing their love of Jesus and his ways, a joy rooted in relationship with him is for you. Hi, I'm Kelly. Uh, Like Kevin, I was, my husband actually knew I'd have to share this, but he said, Kelly, you just, you write it and I'll read it for you. And I said, okay, great. Poured my heart into it. And then he's like, no, you read it. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, But anyways, (laughs) <laughs> so in my struggle with this verse that Micah sent to me, I 
spent probably a week trying to figure out what's right, just tying the verse in and everything. And I finally came to a point where I was like, I just need to share from our story. And just to give you a little bit of background, uh, my husband and I are not from Minnesota. I'm from Michigan, so it's pretty similar. But he's Australian. And we moved here about three years ago. And just for the longest, or I'm sorry, it's been four, four years ago. And for the longest time, we felt uh, so foreign, um, not just not really the culture of Minnesota, but as finding a community where we could really dig our feet into, roll up our sleeves and get going, and just where we felt comfortable with people. And um, So I wrote this sort of from our experience with Awaken, and I know that there are several variations on what I wrote, because I've, I've heard the stories from all of you, well, not all of you, but a lot of you, and um, this is just our version, and I just want to clarify when I say we, I want you to maybe make it your own if you can. If it's totally not similar, just hear it for what it could be, and then uh, the you that I talk about is you as a collective, both male and female, and as a church body, so uh, when we first arrived here, we were not lost, but we were alone, restlessly asleep and wanting to be known. We were searching for love, for the familiar ties of friendship, for comfort. We were tired of the beginnings that never quite developed into stories. We came to your house, treading lightly, our feet calloused by the road that led us here. And when we arrived, we wanted you to notice us, to take us in, because of the disappointments from our past. We entered, and the light at first felt sharp and blinding as we struggled to make sense of who you are. But then... You looked our way and caught our eyes, and the sharp light softened to a glow. You turned, you noticed, you smiled, and you began to come near us. Approaching with purpose in your stride, our hearts pounded deeply. Should we dare to let you into our lives? Took a shaky breath and shared a quivering smile, and with tentative hearts, we stuck out our hands in greeting. You chuckled and opened your arms to embrace us. This was different than what we had found before. Instead of awkwardness, we found laughter, Instead of judgment, we found friends. Instead of fear, we found ourselves compelled to reach out. Instead of empty words, we heard your heart as you shared the breath of God. You challenge us to make our actions as potent as our words, to ask questions and to search for the answers, to find the hurting and to give them some love. We have learned that your goal as a community is not just to proclaim Jesus to the world, but to strive to demonstrate how he has changed you through his love. So probably like a billion times better than I could have written any of it. Um, Thank you guys for sharing. Um, Thanks for your hearts. And uh, I hope that as we close today and um, sing a couple of songs together as a community that um, you've heard something that was for you. Um, I hope and trust that that's the case. So I'm going to invite you to stand. um, And uh, Ben will lead us in a couple of songs together, and then uh, maybe we'll close in prayer. Find us online at www.awakencommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash community. Or on Twitter, Awaken Community. See you next time.